Grace and peace to you, and welcome to the very first edition of this brand new podcast, Pastors for Pastors. My name is Ken Broman Folks. I just retired a month ago as senior minister of First Presbyterian Church in High Point, North Carolina. This summer marks 40 years of being a pastor in the Presbyterian Church, and I've had a sense of being led to start Pastors for Pastors for quite a while, but I kept trying to ignore it, thinking it would go away, but its ideas and possibilities just would not be ignored. So here we are, pastors for pastors. In spite of all our imperfections, I love the church, and I have loved being a pastor. My mission statement for this project is simple, to support and celebrate the role of pastors. Not just Presbyterian pastors, but the entire Church of Jesus Christ, regardless of the particular flavor. As we start out, my connections are obviously mostly Presbyterian, but I look forward to expanding that circle quickly. And one of the ways that will happen is if you will share this podcast with your colleagues and contacts. Some of them, I hope, are outside your own denomination, and together we will widen the net. One more thing I want to say before we get into the program itself. My vision is reflected in the name of this podcast, Pastors for Pastors. I see this podcast as a vehicle for all of us to connect and support and celebrate this high calling we have received. To that end, I pray you'll become more than just a listener, but you will offer ideas and suggestions and questions and topics and reactions and best practices. And I know you've got some great stories to share from your own experiences, because I know I do too. I would love it if you would make an audio or a video recording of those ideas or stories and send them to me so we can share them on the podcast. We will deal with serious matters, no doubt, and great mysteries as well but we'll also include some fun. So please send your recordings to my email address, pastors, the number four, pastors2020 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And I also look forward to your subscribing to Pastors for Pastors and joining the community of those who often feel isolated and insulated. For this first episode, I got together with eight friends who are Presbyterian pastors in this central region of North Carolina. Of course, our get-togethers were virtual, and we were not all on the same conversation, but we did talk about the same general topics, how these last few months have gone for them and their churches, whether they've begun to talk about getting back together for in-person worship, and how that's being received by their churches. The financial impact this period of time has had on their congregations and how they're taking care of themselves. Because as you listen, you will see that it is clear their stress levels are up and their energy levels are down. I will introduce each speaker just before her or his first appearance in the conversation. So let's get this party started and get into the conversation and listen to what these good friends and awesome pastors have to say. So... Let's start with the the whole pandemic thing. How did that all start for you? This is Dana Fruits, pastor of First Presbyterian in Moxville, North Carolina. 
Well, the, the, when it first hit, it just was crazy. It was, was a, a whirlwind and um, trying to figure out in the midst of the end of Lent and going into Holy Week um, what those holy services would look like and how would we still do that. And this is Ernie Thompson, Senior Minister at Westminster Presbyterian in Greensboro, North Carolina. Us, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind of uh, having to make decisions and how quickly things keep changing. So, I mean, for, you know, for us going from one Sunday thinking, can we pass offering plates or not, to the next Sunday thinking, can we have worship together or not, this is Ron Shive, Senior Minister at First Presbyterian Church in Burlington, North Carolina. I guess I'm the type of person who wants the structure. I mean, you get busy and busyness is fine. You can manage it if you've got the structure and, and things are continuing the same week after week. But when you begin each week, not knowing what the week's going to behold and what has to be done differently this week than was done differently last week. That's what's kind of unnerving. You're about to hear Charlie Lee, minister of Starmount Presbyterian Church in Greensboro. I think that's part of why it was so exhausting, particularly over those first few weeks, maybe a month or so. You were consuming so much information, almost hourly, of, of what was happening. And um, and again, yeah, how fast that happened. Of Hey, one week we're kind of joking about not shaking hands. <clears throat> And then, oh, wait, by the that next Wednesday, it was, we're not gathering. It's exhausting because everything, every even small decision takes energy, physical energy, mental energy, spiritual uh, energy. And so, it, and it was several weeks into it. I think it was a good month into it before you started to feel that, to say, wow, I, this really has been uh, draining because you were running on adrenaline there for a while. This is John Johnson, pastor of Bethany Presbyterian Church in Graham, North Carolina. I was just thinking back to March and, you know, I, I guess I was a little um, a little unrealistic at the beginning. Oh, oh, we'll be back in church by Easter. Surely we'll be back by Easter. And, and then, you know, it, it, the more we got into it, the more I realized, no, we're not going to be back by Easter or anytime soon. Um you know, we've, we've been doing Zoom and then that through Facebook Live as well. And actually having about the same number of people that we had in in-person worship. Uh, so that's been gratifying. Next speaking is Kim Pretty, pastor of Sedgefield Presbyterian in Greensboro. As it was revealed during that those two weeks that we would probably be out longer. So we did create a task force within our church with a nurse on it, with some folks who had time to help us, who unfortunately had either been furloughed or to help us um, figure out platforms in which that we wanted to reach people on. We had to go to online giving, which we had, anything we had been hemming and hawing about technology, this just pushed us right over the edge into it. So that was um, that is good for us, and that's things that we'll continue to do as we come back into the building. You're about to hear Travis Milam, pastor of Pilot Mountain First Presbyterian Church. When Isaiah was in preschool, I was like, man, I don't get hardly anything done. Since he's been uh, here all the time, I'm like, oh, I got a lot done when he was at preschool. <laughs> Eight o'clock, sitting downstairs trying to read, and by the time it's 8 o'clock, I'm pretty well wiped. My sermon writing time has, has really decreased. 
Um, I do the reading at evenings and then on Saturdays, once they're to bed, I sit down and I'll, I'll write out the sermon and then we record. And so by 10 o'clock I'm on Saturday night, I've gotten hopefully everything done. We originally did live streaming and got a scare with the staff leader with COVID symptoms and decided we need to pre-record. And so it just kind of feels like it's been a moving target and without much sense of when it ends or what comes next. So just has felt like lots of decisions to make. I've also found some basic things like preaching you know, is just such a shift when all of a sudden you've got an if, empty sanctuary and you got to remember to look at the camera the whole time and then kind of thinking about folks out there. And even for me going from live to pre-recorded just has a different feel. So it keeps kind of, I mean, in some ways it's the same thing, but it just is a very different feel for me. Learning the technology, but yet you, you learn quickly that you never learn it because you can do something exactly the same way the next week, and there's a different problem. Being an extrovert, I mean, I, I never realized how much I really relied on the, the nonverbal communication and preaching, uh, the eye contact, the facial expressions, and you get none of that. It's extremely difficult. You, you you can't use humor in the same way. Uh, you can't you can't tell stories in the same way. Um, you know, I, but before all this, I had I had made some shifts in my preaching, uh, and all those shifts were all about more interaction with the congregation, uh, more connection. Uh, you know, walking out. You know, into the into the sanctuary and the pews. All of that idea of of trying to engage with the with the group there, and so it really has been. Uh, a, a massive shift. And then you got to remember to cut your phone on uh, auto on, on plane mode so nobody calls you in the middle of your recording your sermon. Say, <laughs> I think that the the biggest uh, obstacle and frustration for any pastor right now is uh, landscaping crews. Uh, I have never I never realized how much landscaping work went on in our neighborhood until I try to record any kind of video. Uh, that seems to be the exact moment when lawnmowers and and leaf blowers start to, to crank up. The hard, other part was is the creativity of it all. I could never turn that part of my brain off. So even if I literally was not working, I could not turn the creativity part. What do I need to do creatively? What are the Joneses doing? How do I keep with, up with the Joneses? You hear of a church doing something and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. The, the putting together of that recorded service, the editing and connecting all the pieces together, that that took quite a bit of work. Does running a live stream that you're just doing straight, is it easier in terms of whether you have to do a bunch of editing and put together a program? For us, doing the, the real live stream when you're just in the sanctuary doing it was easier than the pre-recording just because I hadn't put all the pieces together. And sometimes the pieces come back and the sound level's not right and you got to redo it. For us, it's been more work. It has let us use a lot more lay people, which has been good, more than we could put in a live stream from the sanctuary. But again, that's another layer of work when you, I had the idea to have 12 lay people read the scripture passage about, you know, we are the body of Christ, but getting 12 people together on a Zoom call and getting it recorded correctly and then throwing that into service just takes, yeah, takes extra time. We're live streaming and then we're uploading it through our website to YouTube. Um, but, you know, we I am meeting now on Zoom with my music director and accompanist. Um, 
and live streaming the Zoom to Facebook. So just being flexible and I, I want to stay open to think outside the box and, and what is worship going to look like? What is CE going to look like? What is um, outreach going to look like? You know, I just, I've, I've challenged and encouraged my session for us to be thinking outside of the box. Pastor of Forest Hills Presbyterian Church in High Point, and a longtime member of the Commission on Ministry in this area that oversees the pastor-congregation relationships. So um, there's a level of experimentation and learning and, and growing into utilizing the medias, but also utilizing communication through the medium in a new and unique way. Uh, I think the challenge for pastors is to understand that this is it's a different way of pastoring. You almost need to have a level of communication knowledge about the visual media, no matter what you're doing, um, that, that, is, uh, that, that will help with the messaging. The other thing I want to say is, um, I, I don't know, I imagine some of you have done this too. I know other clergy have, have impressed upon, under good circumstances, have impressed upon their congregants, don't argue an issue through email. Don't try to pretend that that's the best way to communicate and to solve problems, right? And so we've hammered that into our into our congregation's DNA, and then we wonder why they don't respond to an email that we send out. It's like, oh gosh, we've created our own monster. But I have noticed, uh, based on conversations, and in, in one of my circumstances, it, there was quite a bit of contentious stuff going on prior to, so I was face-to-face -face with, with meetings, and then COVID hit, and we had to suddenly deal with some very tough issues um, through the medias. And I found that uh, Zoom or any sort of visualization of persons brought a, um, a, an ethos to the way we met that it, it lowered the tensions. They, made, they at least were not displayed openly. I went from one face-to-face -face session meeting where people were literally yelling at each other inappropriately to a Zoom meeting where people were honoring one another's voice, listening, hearing, maybe di certainly disagreeing here and there. But So that was an interesting dynamic to learn and for us as leaders to take into account as we lead a meeting. Have you, have you guys uh, had a chance to get uh, some feel for the financial impact on your churches of the current situation? We've not seen much yet, but we think it's coming. Um, partly because it's, we feel like for us, it's kind of a lagging piece where our people are going to be affected maybe a little bit slower than others. And folks are trying to be faithful to their pledge now. We've had some folks give extra money knowing the church may be needing it. But we're thinking the end of the year, we're going to feel it. And really, I think 2021 is when it's going to hit the most as people kind of think about what they can commit to for the coming year. I think that's when we're going to feel it the most. So, Yeah, we've been very fortunate. Um, March, we were down, but April was an extremely good month. Um, and we're entering the summer uh, uh, in a good place. Um, our concern really is what's 
stewardship's going to look like for 2021. Um, so the one thing our stewardship committee um, did last week was say, normally we do our campaign, um, you know, in October. We're delaying it until, until November this year, just hoping, can we buy some more time to, for hopefully the economy to pick back up, for people to feel more confident. Um, but is that going to be reality? I don't know. I, that's our real worry and concern. Yeah, we 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 see, we've seen some some impact, but that's been another thing that we've we've tried to struggle with is that um, you know we want to encourage people to give um, and not be bashful about that, but we also want to recognize how many people in our congregation uh, have been affected themselves, uh, whether it's a, a job layoff uh, or or their you know they've been their work is not happening the same way. Um, or not, but uh, I, I don't know what the I don't have a good beat yet on what the long term. Yeah. And I do think that the the as Ron said, the timing of that stewardship campaign is going to be really tricky. Um, uh, w- you know whether or not we face that second or third wave that they talk about. Um, I know that I've heard you know some schools talking about some colleges saying you know we want to get everybody out by Thanksgiving so that if it you know comes back we're not we're not disrupted. Um, and so. I guess trying to figure out how we can be nimble enough um, to to adjust, um, depending on whether or not we experienced something like that, um, or whether we were able to continue to meet. How are you all taking care of yourselves um, in in this time where there there is so much things are changing so quickly? You're having to learn things that you did not anticipate having to learn. Uh, pastoral care is difficult, and. Uh, 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 it, the whole thing is just very draining. How are you taking care of yourself uh, during this time? Go on sabbatical. <laughs> Can I up mine by a year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, somebody asked me, well, several people asked me, well, are you going to put off your sabbatical? I said, no. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Yeah. Well, Dana, how about you? Since you yeah. haven't gone on sabbatical, how are you taking care of yourself? My um, small group of Barnabas, there the four of us. Um, we kind of, when we started, we were meeting monthly, and we continued that after the Barnabas time. But as time went on, that kind of was fewer and fewer times that we were meeting. Well, we are actually meeting weekly right now. The kind of regular weekly getaway on the golf course has been helpful. Other than that, I haven't done enough. So I know I've got to, I keep thinking next week I'll do better. The thing that has helped me the most and that I've done far more uh, than, than in the past uh, is co- connection with, with colleagues. So whether, it, whether it's batting around ideas or, or whether it's talking about how exhausted you are, um, you know, that's, that's been a really good thing. Like Ernie's saying, I, I, I have not been as good to stick to, routines and schedules as far as exercising or, or, or doing some other things. Um, but part of the thing that has been enlightening about that is, uh, you know, prior to all this, I always, whether, whether it, you, you knew it was true or not, there was this fallacy of time of just, Oh, well, if I had a little more time, 
I would do all these things. I would exercise regularly and do this and do that. It was one of those things that just was revealed to say it is, it is not about time. I mean, I, I'm, I, so there's some days where I'm at the house all day long um, and still can't fit into things that I, that I thought I could if I had more time. Um, so it really has enlightened the idea of if you're not intentional about the things that you know are important, um, then you're not going to do them. Um, and so you, you've got to make time for that. Just trying to get some exercise and trying every so often just to, to detach. You answered part of this uh, already with the, uh, the amount of, of work that other church members have done, but uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've really stepped up in terms of the pastoral care. Yes. Yes. Uh, fortunately, I haven't had anybody go to the hospital or anything extremely serious because um, that would be. Hang on just a second. Sure. Yes, sir. Um, more, I need more water. Okay, I'll get you some more here in just a few minutes, okay? You, you can, but, if you need to go get him some water, that's fine. I can uh, I'll be right back. The spouse who is not the pastor has another job. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so you've got, you've got to be parent and pastor at the same mm-hmm. time. And uh, the, the voice of a child uh, pretty much takes you out of any concentration on the sermon study or preparation. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you heard, I need some water. Right. So how are you taking care of yourself? Uh, I've been taking walks around the neighborhood. Um, sometimes I'll just sit back and read uh, just a fiction book that is completely off of topic. I've been actually getting my uh, pitching wedge and I'll chip some in the backyard and uh, Isaiah will run and go get it. And I'm like, you know, run, run, little boy, run. <laughs> run, little boy, run indeed. When was the last time you heard a group of pastors talking about whether they were live streaming or posting their worship on YouTube then running Facebook Live through their website? These are strange times. I would love to hear about your experiences during these last two or three months when social distancing has required us to get creative with the way we worship and connect with our congregations. And I want to thank my guests, Dana, Ron, Ernie, Charlie, Kim, John, and Joe. Your willingness to indulge me and engage with one another, very much appreciated. It was a fascinating conversation. I hope this first program has been engaging and thought-provoking for you, and I hope it reminded you that you're not alone in these challenging and sometimes exhausting times. Again, if you have thoughts, reactions, suggestions, or helpful ideas to improve this program, email me at pastors, the number four, pastors2020 at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will get notifications each time a new episode is posted. My plan is to post a new episode at least every other week. So thanks for joining us, and I look forward to our meeting again soon. But until then, may God's blessings enrich your days as you seek to serve God's people. I'm Ken Broman-Folks, and this is Pastors for Pastors. Pastors.